Welcome in, everybody. I am here with John McLean, Big Irish. John, how you doing today, buddy? Doing fantastic. It's a great awesome. Day for a All podcast. right. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's get the second part of the start sits out of the way. But before we do, I do want to tell all of our listeners about the Commission Impossible podcast. Legendary weed commissioners Ryan McDowell and Scott Fish explore the ins and outs of running fantasy leagues. They share their vast experience, discuss innovative league ideas and formats, and help elevate the game to a whole new level. You can find the Commission Impossible brought, uh, podcast at DynastyLeagueFootball.com on the DLF family of podcasts, as well as all the other great podcasts like this one that you're listening to here. You can sign up for that at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. So, John, we got a bunch of start sets. We got some really interesting games here, too, that we're going to be covering. But before we do, I actually want to welcome in Ethan. And if you don't mind, John, I'm going to go over some of the injuries with Ethan here so we kind of know what to expect, okay? Outstanding. Perfect. At E. Turner, FF underscore PT on Twitter. Make sure you're following him for all the injury news and for everything else fantasy football related. Uh, Ethan. Let's talk about Josh Allen. Uh, we saw him leave the game uh, against New England last week. He went to the back. Sounds like it was a head injury, maybe a concussion. Matt Barkley came in and finished out the game. What's going on with Josh Allen so far? It does look like Allen is dealing with a concussion. He's in the protocol right now. Um, like you said, he left the game as of Thursday night. Uh, he still hasn't cleared that c- protocol, so that that is definitely a concern. Uh, going into the weekend, um, I, I think I think we're seeing more and more of teams being a little bit more cautious uh, with the protocol and with concussions in particular. Uh, you know, we see these cases with things, people like Jordan Reed, who have had multiple concussions um, and, and teams are being a little bit more cautious now that it's more mainstream on how they respond to these types of things. Um, but this is this is really going to come down to the wire for Josh Allen. Uh, franchise quarterbacks don't tend to miss very many games because of concussions. But if he if the symptoms are lingering, um, very likely that we see uh, Allen sit. Um, Matt Barkley is his backup, um, not really fantasy relevant against a pretty good Tennessee pass defense. Uh, but but it is worth noting that you might be without Allen in those super flex leagues. Sorry about that. So that that is that's uh, that's something for us to monitor. Then uh, Matt Barkley again, like you stated, not fantasy relevant and a tough matchup for the most part. So even if Josh Allen does miss, it doesn't seem like his backup is someone that you want to poach off the waiver wire. But if you have Josh Allen, you've probably been using him these first four weeks, and so it's it's you know going to be something to monitor moving forward on game day. Let's go to Mitchell Trubisky, and this one's really interesting because. Uh, it sounds like he's gonna he's traveling with the team to London, um, and so I don't know if that means that, you know, what what that means for him and this injury. Tell us more about the injury here, Ethan, and whether or not you expect that he's going to be able to suit up. Trubisky is dealing with a, a dislocated shoulder, um, and and some reports are even reporting a partial labrum tear. Um, this is not his throwing shoulder. If it was, we definitely would not expect him. Um, it's his opposite shoulder. Um, I, I don't personally expect him to make the quick turnaround, but it is interesting that he's traveling with the team. Um, again, that doesn't guarantee that he's going to play on Sunday. I really don't expect that to be the case. Um, it just seems like a very quick turnaround for him. The good news, uh, again, is that this is not his throwing shoulder, so it's not going to be something where I expect him to miss a ton of time, probably just this week, and then he'll be back. Um, also interesting to me that he had a very similar injury to, on this side last year so he's actually dealt with this two years in a row now where this has popped out of place um and had to be relocated kind of an uh, uh 
uh, one of those things that personally I don't I wouldn't be surprised if we see him have offseason surgery to kind of address these recurring dislocations. Um, once once you dislocate, you're much more likely to dislocate again. Um, if he doesn't get this corrected, it's going to be something he deals with for for the majority of his career. And um, again, now we're already seeing some some labral tears possibly. Um, that labrum, you know, we've seen it with Andrew Luck. Uh, it, it it doesn't uh, doesn't take a, a ton of wear and tear on that thing to to really wear it out to the point where it's it, the shoulder is is a cause of pain for a long, long time. So, um, again, luckily for Trubisky, it's not his throwing shoulder. Um, but I I would not be surprised if we see him get some offseason surgery to correct it. As far as when we see him next, teams on bye in week six. Again, that plays into why I don't expect them to really rush him back this week. Um, give him this week off. Give him a full a full uh, week to recover and then another week to to practice and come back week seven uh, much stronger. It seems like a good a good time for them to be able to bring him back after this one game, let Chase Daniel start, have a bye, and then bring him back. That that seems like a, a, a you know really good scenario there. So I kind of kind of agree with uh, with your with your thought process there. So hopefully the the Bears kind of kind of look at that too. Um, let's go to the next guy, John Ross. Man, this was a guy who started out the season. I mean, he was hot. He was he was putting up fantasy numbers. He was, at, I think, at one point after week two or three of this the season, he was the wide receiver one in a lot of weeks. So, John Ross's injury, uh, you know, the Bengals' offense slowed down the past couple weeks, and John Ross kind of felt that. But his injury seemed like it was pretty significant. Ethan, do we have any update on what the injury is? So Ross ended up on the IR. He's dealing with a, a sternoclavicular joint injury. So uh, we talked a lot about this with Tyree Kill, actually. Um, it doesn't sound like Ross is dis, uh, dislocated, but again, I don't know that for sure. All I know that is that is the part of his shoulder. Um, again, it's actually closer to his chest, but it's still considered part of the shoulder because it's the clavicle. Um, that's the part of his uh, shoulder where the injury is occurring. So it's something going on there. Um, again, it sounds like it was pretty significant because they put him on the IR. Um, nothing really else has come out as far as the extent of the damage. Um, he's droppable uh, in season long. We're at the point now uh, heading into week five where if guys end up on the IR, very unlikely you ever get to see them again from a fantasy perspective. And even then I, I don't expect him to return in eight weeks. So, um, yeah, Ross is droppable in season long leagues. Um, AJ green also sidelined. So it's looking like, uh, Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate are going to be the two kind of primary pass catchers. Um, I'm actually investing a little bit more into uh, Tyler Eifert as well. Um, I think he could be kind of a, a sneaky tight end play, um, in a position group that is really hurting, uh, as a whole right now. So, um, Tyler Eifert on Tate, if you want to go really deep and Tyler Boyd are kind of the, uh, the three guys I'd be looking at. Hopefully Joe Mixon too, because he needs it. Yeah, yeah, he certainly does. You're right. You're right about that. They they've got some plus matchups coming up too. So looking at some of these Bengals is uh, something you you wouldn't think that you would do, but boy, with these matchups and with that Ross injury that you you told us, you know him being on IR and probably not coming back this year. Auden Tate, man. Whenever anybody says that name, it puts a smile on my face. I was a guy who went to bat for him last year, even after a tough combine, but uh, he he really showed out well on tape. And so Auden Tate actually maybe getting a chance here in Cincinnati to, to put up some numbers just, uh, just makes me smile. I can tell you that much. I know it's probably not going to be for a long time here with AJ Green expected back, but still, I, I like seeing Auden Tate getting, uh, getting his name thrown about there in fantasy circles. So that's always fun. Uh, let's, let's go to the next injury. We have Marlon Mack and this, this was a, a little disappointing. I think a lot of people expected some decent numbers out of him against the Oakland Raiders. Um, the Raiders kind of 
took took control last week of that game, and we didn't really hear a lot moving forward from that game. And that offense for the Colts, uh, you know, it started coming alive a little bit towards the end of the game, but really didn't didn't do what a lot of people thought it would. So, what's going on with Marlon Mack? Um, what's going on with his injury? I know he left late in that game. I believe is that right? Yeah, he left in the fourth quarter. He's dealing with an ankle sprain. Uh, he hasn't practiced yet this week. Not a good sign. Um, again, you're looking for them to get some type of limited practice in. Uh, two things we're looking for right now um, is one, if he flies with the team on Saturday, um, that's going to be pretty much the, the end all be all. If, if he flies, you know, it's going to be a game time decision. If he if he doesn't fly, he's not going to play. Um, if, if he gets limited practice in on Friday, that's a good sign as well. So uh, if he doesn't practice at all on Friday, I don't really expect him to play. Um, Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines are the two kind of guys behind him. I think both of them could be flex options in a game uh, with with a pretty high over under on the week. So, um, uh, again, I, I, I if I have to put me to the fire right now, uh, Thursday night deciding uh, Marlon Mack is probably not going to play. If he does, it's going to be a game time decision. So you're going to have to keep keep an eye on it. That that's always tough. That's, that is where you need to follow Ethan on Twitter at eTurnerFF underscore PT. He is excellent at keeping you up to date on these injuries and what's going on with them as as the uh, the week progresses. So that that's a you're a must follow there, Ethan, because I know that you're going to do that for us. And um, so let's go to the next injury here. We have Devin Singletary, guy who I'm high on, a young running back in Buffalo. Looks like Buffalo can run the ball pretty well. Frank Gore did did really well in his absence and Frank Gore is probably going to be the lead back moving forward. I would suspect, but um, you know, Devin Singletary in the the limited amount of work that he got looked really good before this injury. What can we expect from, from, uh, from Devin Singletary? Can we expect him back this week? So Singletary missed uh, week four with this hamstring strain he's been dealing with for the last couple weeks. Um, I'm not totally convinced that Frank Gore isn't like leeching his powers off of Devin Singletary uh, because that guy is immortal at this point. <laughs> he, every time I, every time I'm like, ah, Frank Gore, he's just a guy. Uh, he has a pretty good game. So again, uh, we might be looking with looking at possibly a, a fantasy vampire here with with Frank Gore. But um, as far as Singletary goes, he does look like he's training towards a return this week. I don't really expect him to carry the full workload. Um, especially if this game gets out of hand, um, if Josh Allen misses time, you know, if he doesn't play, this could be a game that gets pretty ugly. Um, that Tennessee defense defense can get on top of you in a hurry. So um, it, this could be one where even if he does, even if Singletary does play, it's just he just doesn't get enough touches to be effective. Yeah, I, I could see that as well. It seems like uh, maybe wait, waiting and, and kind of seeing, you know, how Devin Singletary's used, if he's worked back slowly and uh, and what his role is going to be moving forward. Might be the best option here, but it, it sounds like we can uh, we can expect him, um, you know, moving forward in our uh, at least p- suiting up, you know, so that's always good. Uh, another injury, an alarming one uh, was James Conner. It wasn't too alarming because he did finish the game, um, but we uh, we see him listed on the injury report and and uh, this is a big name that a lot of people have been uh, relying on. He finally broke out on Monday night and really had a nice showing. So what's going on with James Conner? Are we expecting him to suit up this week? Uh, yeah, you know, that Sunday uh, he's dealing with an ankle injury. And I kind of expected him to miss some time, maybe miss a Wednesday, get back to it on Thursday. But he's missed two days now, Wednesday and Thursday. Um, I think he plays just because we did see him come back. They wouldn't have brought him back if he wasn't feeling at least good enough to play. I think this is just going to be one of those weeks where, hey, give him a week off, let him rest so that we can have him again. 
Um, I think the more concerning thing is how uh, that offense kind of looked different to me. Um, this as a Steelers fan, it's it's kind of interesting to watch them working Jan. Uh, Jalen Samuels in a little bit more. Um, he's throwing passes now, which is kind of weird. I'm not sure how I feel about that, but uh, it, it is interesting to see them be more comfortable giving Sam- Samuels more of the workload. So if Connor is limited, um, he has a backup in Samuels that seems to be able to do quite a few things for that offense. So um, we'll have to see how they use him again this week. I don't know if they're going to keep doing this kind of trick play offense. Uh, it worked. Um, as a Steelers fan, I don't really trust it long term, but it, it did seem to be effective. Uh, but they were also playing a pretty bad team uh, in the Bengals. So uh, probably not going to work against your good teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would expect that you're going to have to go to kind of a more traditional type of thing and doing what you do best. But Jalen Samuel did look very good in his opportunity that he got. So it is going to be uh, going to be something to monitor moving forward at the you know, kind of how those guys are used between Connor and Samuel. But uh, let's move on to to the next injury. Christian Kirk, uh, this was an injury. He went down and uh, didn't didn't sound like it was going to be something that was uh, that was going to keep him out for long. But uh, the more the more we uh, the more we hear, the more it looks like he might miss a week or two. So, Ethan, is that is that about right? What is this injury, and about how long are we expecting him to miss? Kirk's injury is kind of one of those that gets uh, again it gets kind of thrown under the rug a little bit because. It was on the second to last play of the game, so you don't you didn't see it. Um, it didn't have the impact of oh well, he missed the rest of the game. You know, he was out in the second quarter, missed the rest of the game. Uh, it's clearly serious because he didn't come back. You know, he missed a play in the game, and so it kind of gets swept under the rug a little bit in the mainstream media because they they don't really think about it too much. But the the problem is is that the team has come out a few times now this week and said, you know, that this is. They thought this was a pretty serious injury when it first happened, um, possibly even season-threatening. I don't know if that's uh, them talking up the injury or or more just um, – or if they're being serious in, in that um, it's it's a legitimate I- injury. So um, it, it seems like it's pretty standard sprain to me. Um, I expect him to miss this week and possibly return next week. Okay, so we're not expecting him to miss too much time, so that's that's good. But but this week we can we, we should make some backup plans. He's probably not going to be playing, and it sounds like he dodged dodged a bullet from what the team thought. The team team thought that this was serious, and I I do remember uh, you know the the announcement that hey this isn't isn't as serious as one's thought, and I thought oh good you know he's not going to miss time, and then it just came seemed to you know the team kept putting out there that we really thought this was serious, and you know it's like oh uh oh you know yeah, very <laughs> strange. I have never I know normally teams down play injuries so the fact that they were almost up 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 playing it a little bit uh it's kind of i don't know what they saw that made them think like man this could be really serious maybe it was his reaction uh to pain or something like that but uh just kind of interesting to normally you hear it the other way where it's oh it's not really a big deal and then they missed four weeks um but in this case it was kind of the opposite where it's like oh it was we thought it was a huge deal but then it ended up being not as serious yeah, yeah, no, that was my takeaway too. Was it definitely seemed interested that the team was up playing the injury? So I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. But um, let, let's move on here. We got some injuries that happened uh, previously that we got some updates on. So let's go with Ty Hilton. This is the guy who missed last week. Um, obviously, a guy who people are relying on week in and week out to kind of be on their fantasy lineup. So we're all itching to get him back. Is he going to be available this week? Hilton's dealing with a quad strain. Um, again, missed the week four, like you said. 
he is practicing again this week, um, so I do expect him to play on Sunday, even if he's not quite at 100%. Um, again, you're, you're concerned about him re-injuring it, similar to what happened the last time where he, he played um, in week three, but then only played a half because he re-aggravated it. Um, that's a concern, but with Hilton, you know, uh, he's one of those guys you just have to play if he's playing. So um, you're going to take the risk that he he might not give you a full game. Um, but I, I, I think I think they are expecting him to play play the entire game. So, um, yes, I do expect him to return this week. Yeah, that's a tough one. If he's out there, you got to you got to put him in your fantasy lineups, right? There, not not many people are in a position where they have three better options, you know, and they can kind of fade him even in a flex spot, depending on how deep your league is and how your starting lineups are set. But uh, so so let's move on to Damian Williams. This this is an interesting one because when Damian Williams went out, you know, it seemed like he was he was going to get the bell the bell care uh, the bell bell cow share of the carries even in a timeshare there and since then we've had uh, a couple of running backs come in and look pretty good in his absence um is Damian Williams going to be back this week it seems like he's practicing and if he is back what do you expect his role to be I do expect him to come back this week he's dealing with a knee strain um you know he's practicing in full which is always that basically says he's ready to play um how well LaShawn McCoy is playing is really going to be uh, one of those situations where I'm going to have to watch this game a little bit closer than I normally would just because I don't know exactly how they're going to work him in. Is he going to play second to McCoy? Um, uh, the other Williams, Daryl Williams, has looked pretty capable as a goal line back. So, you know, uh, do they let Williams have some of those touches? Uh, again, where does Williams fit in? Is he just a third down back now and McCoy's running through, been between the tackles? I, I don't know. It's kind of hard because – I feel like McCoy is one of those guys that does a little bit of everything well. Um, and Williams is, for the most part in his career outside of last year, has been pretty primarily just a pass catching back. So um, you're going to have to you're going to have to watch and see. I still think they go with McCoy with the majority of the workload um, with Williams possibly getting um, sorry, Damian Williams, that is possibly getting worked in. Uh, to some pass down situations. But if this team runs out ahead, I don't see any reason for them to push the issue with, with Damian Williams. Yeah, that, that will be something, something to look for during that game for sure against the Colts uh, on, on uh, you know, during, during that one. And that, that one's going to be interesting too, because uh, you know, well, Sean McCoy is like you said, he does everything, you know, pretty well. He's good in the passing game too. So if, if they really, you know, are, are concerned about Damian Williams or they, they think that he could benefit from just a, an extra week off it, it, you know, it's almost seems like they, they might work him back slowly, but this is something to monitor moving forward. It's, is how they, how they're going to use these backs. So yeah, I'll be watching that one closely too, Ethan. Let's go to Mike Williams. Uh, this guy is is a guy that uh, that you know. Again, if you have him on your roster, you're you're expecting to use him, you know, more weeks than not uh, in that passing offense. That's an offense that likes to uh, likes to throw the ball. At least so far, they have. Um, they get Melvin Gordon back, so that's interesting uh, to see how they use that. But uh, Mike Williams was uh, he he missed last week, um, and I don't know if we expect him back this week. What are you thinking? Yeah, he's doing with a back injury, and these are always kind of tricky because you don't you don't hear a whole lot about what's going on with him. It's just oh, his back is hurt. Um, again, he he's practicing in kind of a limited fashion. So, uh, to me, if he does play, which again, this is not a guarantee, very likely um, he does not play. But if he does, 
Uh, he's more of just a bye week kind of touchdown upside flex play um, because backs are one of those things that, yeah, it feels great in practice. And then as soon as you get hit one time in a game, you're like, oh, you know, I tweaked my back again and then you're out for the rest of the game. So um, uh, I don't know if I trust Williams yet this week, um, but hopefully by next week we can be a little bit more confident in playing him in fantasy. Yeah, it seems like this is an interesting spot for the Chargers, too, because with Melvin Gordon coming back, Austin Eckler is a fantastic receiving back. And, you know, if if Mike Williams and and we know Travis Benjamin, who's who is a lesser receiver, not not owned by very many people. Um, but those those guys are probably going, you know, are, are, are going to be either limited or out this game. It seems like, you know, if you have Melvin Gordon back there and you can lean on the running game and you can use Austin Eckler in the passing game with Keenan Allen um, and the tight ends that have actually been effective after Hunter Henry went down. You, you might be okay. You might be okay this one. So it'll it'll be uh it'll be something to monitor with Mike Williams. And like you said, you know, if he's out there, is he more of a decoy? Um, is is he? You know, you just hoping for a, you know, a, a red zone a red zone reception to, for the most part to make his day. So that will be something to monitor. Ethan, thank you so much again for covering the injuries with us. We appreciate it week in and week out. Again, make sure you're following Ethan at et Turner ff underscore pt on Twitter. Um, He's going to keep you up to date on all these injuries as the week moves along. Ethan, thanks again for your time, bud. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Okay. So now that we got that out of the way, we know all the injuries, John, let's go ahead with our start sets. We can make some more informed information, uh, some more informed decisions rather here. Um, So let's go. You got the first game. This one is a humdinger of a game, man. The Cardinals and the Bengals. If you are stuck watching this game, I mean, enjoy your nap, um, but there's going to be some fantasy relevant players, right? So we got to go over it. Who's your green light here? Uh, the only green light here is David Johnson, running back Cardinals. He's averaging 12 carries and seven receptions so far this year, and he's scored touchdown in three of his four games. So Cincinnati's last in the league against the run, so this is probably a remedy for his low production between the heavy hitters. But uh, last week, Johnson, Johnson should have produced uh, a better stat line versus Seattle subpar defense run defense anyway, but um, the, he only gained 40 yards and 11 carries. So if Johnson can get 12 carries and seven receptions against Cincinnati, um, you look to see a better, much better fantasy than that of uh, David Johnson. Yeah, that Cincinnati defense is struggling. Another guy that I'm going to mention here, John, normally I don't do this, but I think his name's got to be mentioned in the green lights. It's Tyler Eifert. Arizona's terrible against tight ends, and Tyler Eifert has actually looked pretty good, man. So Definitely, uh, definitely a guy who I would be looking to start this week, especially with buys. And if you have a guy that might be banged up or might be on a bye week this week, man, Tyler Eifert's a, an appealing option. So it can't happen every week. I mean, they just can't. They have at some point in time they're going to have to start covering. Tight you ends. you would think. However, last year I I I'm telling you I played matchups and whoever was playing the Giants would score a touchdown. It was amazing. It happened like nine straight weeks. It was unreal. So. You would think so, but man, after the Giants last year, I don't, I don't know. I'm not so sure. So, uh, let's go with your yellow light. Who's your yellow light in this game, John? Uh, Keyshawn Johnson, wide receiver for the Cardinals. Uh, he's a rookie, Keyshawn Johnson. He, he might get some opportunity this week because of a few injuries in the Cardinals uh, receiving core, but he's averaging around 50 percent of the snaps uh, in this four wide, quick moving offense already. So, I'm not expecting a huge boost to his production, even with the injuries. But um, I wouldn't let the possible opportunity fool you into thinking that um, this could be a breakout game. Cardinals passing attempts have gone from like, they're like 55 in week one to 32 last week. Uh, they've been going down as the season progressed. And um, as I, and if I said, like I said before, David Johnson, if he gets the ground game going early, uh, you might see that number shrink again. So I wouldn't expect a big day, even if there is, even if the injuries are um, serious in, in 
guys are held out in Arizona, I would still think Keyshawn's not going to break out. So it's proceed with caution with Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah, it's it seems like they're uh, the, the injuries are mounting up. Uh, Demaria Bird's going to miss, and it sounds like Christian Kirk's going to miss this game too. So Keyshawn Johnson seems like he's in line to get you know more snaps. However, like you said, passing attempts are going down. Arizona, man, that offense baffles me. It's like they're in a they, they run so many plays. It's like they're in a hurry to run bad plays. Like they're in a yes. hurry to punt. Like it, it, it just seems so silly to me. Like I, I'm, I'm not sure what they're doing there. I understand trying to pick up the tempo, but uh, it, it's not working. So well, I heard on a podcast the other day that uh, what they're doing, I can't remember who said it, but what they're doing is they're running that spread four wide offense, but teams are still staying in a four three. So they're, they're, they're going man to man on the outside receivers and they're staying in a four three and they're not getting anything done on the ground. They're not getting anything done with the receiving core. Cause they just, they run, hurry up, get the snap, try and get it off and run the next play. They're just running plays two run plays, but they can't, nothing's working. The passing game's not working. The running game's not working. Nothing. Yeah, this is something, and and I know it's early and I'm not taking a victory lap here, but I did caution against Kyler Murray with this type of, this type of issue, just because I didn't think this type of offense was going to be sustainable for every week NFL success. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Who's your red white? Who are you avoiding in this game? No matter what. Giovanni Bernard running back from the Bengals. Uh, Giovanni. Uh, but I'm Irish, so I, I just I got Italian friends who taught me how to say Giovanni. So, that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bernard was supposed to be the passing down back this year in Cincy, but somehow uh, he just became a decoy who catches a few checkdown passes, uh, four yard dump offs uh, throughout the, the couple games. Mixon is a primary ball carrier and is also doing a little chewing into Bernard's uh, receiving catch his his, uh, his receptions. So there are a few uh, few injuries in Cincinnati offense, but I'm expecting Tyler Eifert to be the beneficiary of any passing checkdowns this week. Um, like we talked about, Arizona has trouble carrying the tight end, covering the tight ends this year. So um, it'd probably be Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard would be my red light this week. Yeah, I agree with that. I I don't think you'd start Gio uh, this week, but well, let me ask you about Mixon. What do you expect out of Mixon? This is another nice matchup, but we've seen him have some pretty good matchups and really still kind of fall on his face. Are we expecting that this can be a game that Cincinnati, they're at home, they're going against an Arizona team that's really struggling. Is this a game that he can break out in? I mean, he could break out any game. He's a talented running back. He just hasn't uh, – I don't know if it's the offensive line or the play calling or just the, uh, you know, showing their hand on the plays they're going to run. Or I'm not really sure what the story is. And, you know, I, I think any game is a game that Mixon can break out on. So I'm not going to say that he can't. But I don't know what's going on with Mixon. I really don't know. He just doesn't seem – he just can't get his motor going, I guess. You know, the offense can't get the motor going. He can't get his motor going. Um, just a little bit of passing game is the only, only thing they have right now. And there's not much of that either. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, both these teams are really uh, struggling, so something's got to give, right? I mean, neither of these defenses are good either, so it'll be interesting. I think this is a breakout game for Joe Mixon personally, but uh, but we'll see. It, it's risky either way. So I've got a real barn burner of a game, John. I'm going to move on to my game. I have the yeah. Bills going to Tennessee to take on the Titans. The offensive production is going to be very minimal. I mean, both these both these defenses are pretty good. Tennessee is at home. Um, they play better defensively at home. I do not have a green light. There is no one that I'm green lighting. There is nobody on either side that I can start and say, you know what? I feel really good about that. Um, Buffalo is really good against the pass and the run. Um, they're better against the pass, but but they're really good against the run too. So I don't I don't love, uh, you know, if I have Derrick Henry, I don't love starting him either. I mean, he'd probably be a yellow light for me. So there is no one player on either of these teams that I go, you know what? I'm starting him with confidence. 
I have no green lights for the first time ever. There is no green lights for one of the games I'm covering. So uh, what do you think? You you have a green light here, John? Oh man. I, this is a tough game. I don't, uh, like, uh, maybe some of the, if you play defenses in your league, maybe you can get a green light for one of the defenses or both of the defenses anyway, but no, it, it's without a quarterback on Buffalo. And uh, if Josh Allen doesn't play, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a green light either. So, as much as I hate to not put somebody up on the pedestal to be somewhat of a green light anyway, but I, I just can't do it. So no. yeah, yeah, man, that that's there you go, and I think you just nailed it. That's kind of my thought process too with this with this whole thing. So uh, my yellow light is going to be Frank Gore, and look. Frank Gore is going to have a little bit more competition. It sounds like Devin Singletary may play in this game, uh, but Frank Gore has been good the past couple of weeks. Tennessee's defense is very good, but they're better against the pass than the run. If you're going to move the ball in your Buffalo, you probably want to keep this low scoring game. You want to keep the ball on the ground. Josh Allen's going to do a bit of running. I think, I think Frank Gore's it might be able to vulture a touchdown. If Buffalo is going to score a touchdown, my money would be on it's Frank Gore because uh, if you're going to beat Tennessee, you'd rather do it on the ground than through the air. And I think that's the game script for Buffalo. I think that's going to be a close, low scoring game. I could see the running game being prevalent throughout. So I think Frank Gore is a guy who I'm going to keep my expectations low. Um, he's not, he's not a superstar, but the past couple of weeks, he's really looked good. And if, if, you know, if I'm going to bet on someone getting a touchdown, it's probably going to be one of these running backs, Frank Gore or Derrick Henry. So I'm going to say Frank Gore is my yellow light here. Um, what, 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 uh, what's your thoughts on that, John? <laughs> no green, barely any yellows. Yep. I'm on yep. the same page. Well, and here we go. On the red light, I could throw so many guys out there, but I'm, of course, you know who I'm going to throw out there, don't you, John? I'm going to throw Marcus do Mario out do there as no. my red light. Because first, first of all, he started he started to play better, and so people are starting to look at him and go, you know what? Maybe I can not this week. If Tom Brady struggled against this defense, imagine what Marcus Mariota is going to do against his defense. Not interested. Pass. I'll take I, Kyle Allen. I'll start him this week over Mariota. You you name it. I would start Chase Daniels this week over Marcus Mariota. That's how bad it is. I, I do not like this matchup at all. Blast it's not really about Mariota. It's just about. This matchup, that Bills defense, man, is so good. They're they're fourth against the the pass, um, and uh, third against quarterbacks in fantasy. So I, they're just not giving up fantasy points to quarterbacks. If they're not giving it up to guys like Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield, I'm not going to bet that they're going to do it to Marcus Mariota. That's that's just me. What's your thoughts there, John? Can I plead the fifth, or do I got to say something here? <laughs> if you plead the fifth, it says everything. So. <laughs> Oh, Mariota's got no chance this week. I, yeah, you know, maybe a 200 yeah. yard game if he gets lucky in some garbage time or something, or if there's any garbage time, but it's going to be a battle of the handoffs in this game. You know, everybody knows that clock running down, good defense, running the ball, running the ball, both sides of the field. Um, I, I just, uh, no, it's, it's, it's one of those games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of hear you there. So, um, all right. So you got an interesting game. You have the bears, um, and the Raiders. They're going to London to play this one. Uh, really interesting. Bears seem like they're going to be without Mitchell Trubisky. It's going to be the Chase Daniel show. Um, this is a revenge game for guys like uh, Khalil Mack and even Freddie Pinheiro, kind of. Um, so sure. it, it, it's going to be an interesting uh, – th- there's there's some interesting storylines to follow here. How do you see this game playing out, and who's your green light? Uh, these games overseas, they just – I don't know if it's a stereotype, whatever, Just they're just sloppy games. So, you know, I – I think the travel kind of messes with some of these guys. I really don't remember being seeing a good game in, you know, in England. But uh, my green light for is David Montgomery from the Bears. Uh, 
I think Montgomery will be getting all the bears, the, 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 the bear share of all the snaps for now. Um, the, I don't, I didn't want to say lions. I said the bear share. Um, this, this week's game will probably involve a lot of running and uh, because the Bears defense should hold the Raiders in check. Uh, Mike Davis is pretty much phased out of the offense and Tariq Cohen is just a change of pace back at this point. So, um, you know, they use him as a receiver a little bit, but that's, uh, he got a couple carries last week, but I think it was just kind of stunned Montgomery a little bit. I, I, th- I think Montgomery's my green light. He's, you know, I could put Allen Robinson here maybe too, but I, I'm going to go with David Montgomery. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yep. David Montgomery is basically going head to head with the other top running back in this class, which was Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Who produces more fantasy points this game? Your green light, David Montgomery or Josh Jacobs? I could say I, I, I think Montgomery will. I think Montgomery is getting okay. the full opportunity. I think Jalen Richard spells uh, Jacobs a little bit in um, no Richard and uh, um, the, they have three backs in in. For the Raiders, that kind of switch in and out sometimes. Where I think Montgomery's going to get everything. Yeah, Dwayne Wash or Washington. Yeah, so I think Montgomery's going to get the uh, Lions, the bear share of all the carries uh, in their on that offense. And I think they're going to be they're going to be three and out. The Raiders will be three and out, three and out, three and out. And Montgomery just get fed and fed and fed. And I think they're going to see what they got in Montgomery this game while they got a chance. Okay, well that's interesting. You hear to hear first. Montgomery's been struggling. If you got him on your team. John says, hey, you could start him with confidence this week. So who's your yellow light in this one, John? You know, and they don't use Jacobs as a receiver like they should in, 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 in the Raiders, too. I don't yeah. understand that. They just uh, they run the ball and they bring in receiving backs. And I, I just that's not a reason why I just don't want to. Uh, Jacobs, they're just using him wrong. So, yeah, yeah, I, I could agree with that. I think they should they should definitely expand his role in the passing game. But uh, but they're starting to have some some um, some success. Last week against Indy, they looked really good. So uh, we'll see here. What, who's your yellow light in this one, though, John? Um, t- t- Terrell Williams from the Raiders. Uh, um, this he's gone four weeks in a row without a touchdown, but I mean, with a touchdown every game. I I think this will be the week that uh, his touchdown streak comes to an end. Um, I'm really confident Williams will. You probably won't catch any more than three or four passes. He's a little, he's a little banged up. Uh, playing the Bears defense, and he's only been averaging six targets again. Six targets again to begin with. So. I um I, I think Terrell Williams is probably my red light, my yellow light for this game. Yeah, I I you're probably right. I I just I think a lot of the the I think Darren Waller is going to have a nice game. I really do, and I think I think the Bears are going to blitz more in this game to get to to Derek Carr. He's not great under pressure, um, and I think I could see that being the game plan is let's let's get home, let's get more pressure, which means there's going to be a lot of quick passes. Carr's going to have to get the ball out of his hands quickly. That doesn't bode well for a guy like Tyrell Williams, who normally is used a little further down the field. So um, I kind of like that. I think that's a good yellow light. Who is your red-white here? Uh, Anthony Miller from the Bears. I'm sure everybody thought this was going to be a Raiders offensive player in my red-light, but uh, I'm unfortunately uh, I'm putting Miller here. Uh, he's my red-light option for this week. Um, Miller's been – he started the season banged up and a little behind on chemistry with Mr. Biscuit. And uh, now I'll have to run routes for a backup quarterback in Chase Daniel. And um, – the Raiders defense, they're they're not they're nowhere near exceptional, but um the combination of the Bears great defense, um, the game turning into a ground and pound clock control game, and um Miller trying to get something going with a backup quarterback, it just it's a recipe for disaster, I think. So uh, Anthony Miller is my red light. Yeah, I understand why you're saying that. All all you know, everything kind of points to to that direction. But I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm gonna say this is the Anthony Miller breakout game. I'm gonna say it. I, I think it is. I think 
Mitchell Trubisky does not have very good uh, chemistry, it seems, this year with Anthony Miller. He's gone now. Chase Daniel's going to be the guy. I could see Chase Daniel using Anthony Miller a little bit more, more like we thought he would be used in this passing game. Maybe I'm wrong. I think they do rely on the run game, but I think when they go play action, I could see this being an Anthony Miller game. I could see Anthony Miller being the guy that steps up. Look, there's no, there's no, uh, he doesn't have that rapport with Allen Robinson, you know? Um, so no. we'll, we'll, we'll have to kind of see, you know, kind of how, how these, uh, these pass catchers are used, but I could see, uh, you know, Anthony Miller's not going to, uh, he's not going to draw, top coverage anywhere near it. Um, so I could see, you know, him, him taking advantage of some softer coverage and, and being able to break out this game. So I'm going to call for an Anthony Miller breakout, but all the uh, logically, when you look at it, you're, you're absolutely right, John, that's, that's probably the right place. So um, before I go on to the next game, I want to let all our listeners know about our sponsor, the FF mercenaries. Look, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF Mercenaries. Fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together. And this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during and throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the Mercs are here to help you develop and execute that strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a strategic specialist for your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmercs.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW, all one word, for 10% off your first consultation. That promo code again, SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmercs.com, where winning is the only option. All right, John. So let's get to the next game. I have, I'm pretty fortunate to have this one. The Baltimore Ravens taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. We saw Pittsburgh have a nice game. I mean, they they came out on Monday night and they played really well against Cincinnati. Um, they 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 took it to the Bengals and uh, and they looked like the better team. So um, that that was encouraging. I think if you're a uh, if you're a Steelers fan, but uh, the Baltimore Ravens have lost two in a row. They're looking to get their mojo back. That offense is still putting up numbers. My green white in this game is Juju Smith Schuster. And look. I, we, we've seen it before, and I've said it a lot this week. The squeaky wheel normally gets the oil. Stephon Diggs had, had a pretty nice game against Chicago last, last week, getting over 100 yards against the Bears defense. It doesn't really let up a whole lot of fantasy points to people, especially opposing wide receivers. Juju Smith-Schuster, the word is, hey, um, while he's not the squeaky wheel, the word is that they want to get him more involved. They, they really want to get him more involved in this offense. And I think you have to want to get him more involved because he's the best playmaker that you have in Pittsburgh. I could see them getting him more involved and really him benefiting from it. Um, to me, this is this is a no-brainer. I'm, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a green-white. This isn't a great matchup. Baltimore um, you know, really gives up. So they, they haven't been great defensively. They've been very inconsistent. There are some games when they're very good against the pass. There are other games when they're good against the run. Um, and then there are games when they're not good against either. I think that uh, that Juju Smith-Schuster is uh, is in line for a nice game this week, finally. So if you have Juju Smith-Schuster, start him. That's what I'm saying. What do you think, John? Yeah, that's always a good call. Juju is a special, talented player. And, um, you know, everybody's expecting him to walk in and, and be this – 
Antonio Brown clone and catch 15 passes and get 200 yards a game. And, you know, you can't expect, you have to be a real, realist about this stuff. I mean, yes, he's a, he's an awesome player, but it's going to take a little time for him to develop, but I, he's still the best. He's by far the best player on that team. I think so. I, uh, I, I love him there, you know, him and him in tandem with, uh, you know, uh, Johnson and Washington, I think those guys are stepping up too. So they're taking a little coverage off uh, off Schuster to open up a little bit and and uh, and get free and, and become the true number one receiver. So I um I, Deontay Johnson made a nice catch last week. People are gonna have to start covering him. Um, the running game's getting going. Even even uh, even Samuels is 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 chiming in. So this team's starting to click with a backup quarterback. Um, Juju's doing fine. Uh, he's a sideline. He's keeping the sidelines up. He's, he's keeping the tempo in the game. He's, uh, uh, this is a great pick. Yeah. And Deontay Johnson really had a nice game last week. Uh, it, it's time for Juju to, to kind of get that. Uh, he's just not getting the targets that I feel like he should. Uh, there are plays that it seems like he's open on too. So they're, they're just missing them. I think the chemistry is going to come. Um, I'm, I'm much more confident now than I was at the end of the Monday night game, just looking at film, looking at what they missed and hearing kind of what's going on there. Um, you know, I, I like it. I think, uh, I think this is, you know, I think they're heading in the right direction with Juju. So that's, that's encouraging for me. So I'm going to go to my yellow light here, John, my yellow light is Mark Ingram and look, Mark Ingram has been okay. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been terrible. Um, over the past, over the first four weeks there for, uh, for Baltimore, I mean, uh, you know, against Kansas city, you know, he, he really had a, had a monster game, 16 carries, 103 yards. He got the three touchdowns and that's really what helped him. Um, so he had a really good week there. And then, you know, against Cleveland, you really thought that this would be a nice game for him. And I mean, 12 carries for 71 yards was okay. He lost a fumble. Uh, he, eh, he just hit or miss. Now Pittsburgh's run defense hasn't been great. So I think that, you know, he can, he could put up some numbers. I just, I, I might, I might kind of, I wouldn't expect too much. Okay. So maybe, maybe it gets, yeah, I think best case scenario, you get 60 to 70 yards on the ground and a touchdown. I think that's, that's the best case scenario you can hope if you have Mark Ingram and you're throwing him out there, but there's a chance that he gets 50, 60 yards and doesn't throw up a touchdown. So um, he's not very involved in the passing game either. So it's, it's a little disappointing there. So I, I don't know what to expect from him. I would say to me, this is a yellow white. It's a decent matchup for him. However, he just, uh, he's really inconsistent, you know? So, uh, you don't really know what you're going to get out of him week to week. So that's the problem with uh, with Ingram. And I don't see him scoring multiple touchdowns in this game. I could be wrong, but I think Lamar Jackson's going to have to do it more through the air with his uh, with his ability to make plays out of the pocket. So um, to me, that that's that's where we're gonna we're gonna see uh, Baltimore move the ball here, um, not really on the ground. What do you think with uh, Mark Ingram, John? Uh, I like it because everybody thought that Ingram was going to slow down towards the end of the year this year, but it seems like they're 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 taking their time. The the, the, the team itself is slowing Ingram down. They're getting Gus Bus involved. They're getting Justice Hill involved. Uh, everybody's getting a little bit of pie, um, and it's just a matter of time uh, before Lamar Jackson starts taking more more do, taking a lot more uh, you know scrambling or design runs himself. Because he's great, at, you know. When he, if he can't get the passing done, the design runs are are, are his strength. So, uh, I think everybody's going to start cutting to Mike, Mark Ingram's load a little bit here, and uh, I like this one a lot. Okay, yeah, nice. So, my red lights, James Conner, and look, James Conner, uh, you know, he suffered that foot injury last game. He he still finished the game. He looked good, but there's some concern there. And Jalen Samuel has looked really good. I don't know that you need to throw James Conner out there. I, I I'm assuming he'll play, but I think he's going to be limited. I think. With what uh, what we've seen from uh, from Sanders, I think we can 
we can go ahead and say, hey, look, you know, if Pittsburgh can can go into this game and say, we can really lighten the load for James Conner, who's a little banged up with that foot injury. We'll just use J1 Samuel a little bit more. And to me, that spells disaster. Baltimore's run defense is really hit or miss, too. They've had one bad game. Most of the time, they've been pretty good, though, against the run. Um, so I would expect that Baltimore can can slow up uh, James Conner here. And he's, again, with, with him being banged up, that's the main problem, mainly because Mason Rudolph likes to, I mean, he was targeting the running backs. I mean, 16 of his 24 pass uh, completions last last week went to the running backs, eight to Connor and eight to Samuel. So if James Connor isn't a hundred percent, why are you going to, you know, just, why are you going to have throw him out there and have him get hit, you know, all that much more when Jalen Samuel can do the job. Jalen Samuel looked really good last week. Um, no, no knock on Connor. I just think Jalen Samuel can, can step up the workload and take the lion's share of the carries here if need be. So you can get James Connor healthy, uh, moving forward. So to me, James Connor is a red white. You, uh, you agree with me, John, or am I off base here? No, I'm a James, I'm a Jalen Samuel truther. So I, uh, I'm, that's probably one of my biggest weaknesses. I love this guy. Um, I honestly thought he was going to take over the role instead of James Connor when Bell left. Um, but that didn't happen. Connors looked great. So I was probably a little bit wrong on that one, but Samuels is awesome. You know, I, I don't think he, I, he might not be the workhorse guy, but he's definitely an awesome complimentary back, uh, change of pace guy, or even, even, I mean, he could fill in as a starter, as we saw before, if Connor was to go down, uh, the Ravens defense isn't run defense. Isn't too, isn't too good. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's the, the opposition. That's a problem. I think it's, uh, Connor and the coaching staff, wanting to do what they were talking about before and, and doing the, uh, you know, getting two, two running backs involved in the offense instead of just uh, maybe having one primary back like they've done in the past. So uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm on board with this hundred percent. So. Yeah, it was so. cool seeing Jalen Samuel used in different ways. You know, he's multifaceted. They can use him. They put him in the Wildcat. They had direct snaps yes. going to him. Um, they could split him out wide, you know, as a, as a receiver. Uh, he, he could do so many different things that it's just really cool watching him. And last week, to me, he looked the most comfortable that I've seen him look in Pittsburgh since coming there. So that was encouraging for me. And I just feel like if he's looking that good, why bother throwing out a guy who's hurt like James Conner, you know, um, limit him, you know, limit his carries, limit his touches, limit the hits that he gets. Um, especially if a guy like James Connor or, uh, Jalen Samuel rather is showing that he can do that job. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how those guys are used. That'll be uh, fun to kind of monitor that this week. John, let's go to your game. You had a fun one here. The Falcons are in Houston to take on the Texans. Uh, what do you think? Who's your green white? Who's your yellow light? Who's your red white here? Uh, I'm going to start out with, uh, my green lights, Matt Ryan quarterback for the Falcons. Uh, Ryan has thrown for 300 yards, 300 plus yards in every game this season, and is, he's got eight touchdowns and six interceptions. So, uh, Ryan didn't throw any—he didn't throw any touchdowns last week, but he didn't throw any, any picks either. I'm hoping that um, he won't be a tackle he was last week in Tennessee. Uh, that was kind of part of the problem, um, and this should help him uh, get the ball down the field. Uh, I, um, I, I, I think Matt Ryan is my green light this week, just because. I think as the season progresses, this 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 often ha, offense has to start clicking on some cylinders. They're um they it can't be just the passing game and and nothing going on behind the you know from the running game. So uh, Matt Ryan's got to get something's got to spark this offense, and I hope I think it's going to be Matt Ryan this week. What do you think? Yeah, I, I like it. I really do. But my my whole thing is like you said, you know, uh, 
Can they can they stop the pass rush? Can they stop J.J. Watt and company from getting to the quarterback? That's going to be the main thing. This Falcons offensive line hasn't been good. J.J. Watt's had a lot of quarterback pressures, but not as many sacks as you would think with all those pressures. So I could see there being some heat, but if he doesn't finish the uh, finish the job, Matt Ryan may be able to make some plays in the pocket. But Austin Hooper has definitely been a beneficiary of this bad offensive line. He's caught a lot of short passes and really – has looked like a beast at the tight end position. We'll see whether or not that continues. But, yeah, I like Matt Ryan here. I think they're going to have to score um, in this one in Houston to kind of keep up. So this could be a fun game to watch, and I like Matt Ryan um, putting up some good numbers here. Who's your yellow-white in this one there, John? My yellow-white on the other side of the ball is Carlos Hyde. Um, He's been getting most of the early down work lately, and um, he even saw five targets last week against Carolina. But uh, the Falcons are, like, they're fifth against the run. And you shouldn't expect uh, five yards per carry average like he had um, throughout the season so far. Um, it, it, that won't carry on over in week five. And that's a lot of five. So I should stop, probably stop saying the word, the letter five, or the number five. But uh, <laughs> Atlanta can move uh, Atlanta can move the ball pretty quick. And if Houston is playing from behind, they might lean on Duke Johnson more than Hyde if they have to play catch up. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. It's interesting with Carlos Hyde. He got 12 carries last week. Duke Johnson got six. Carlos Hyde had 12 carries for 58 yards. Very nice. Duke Johnson, six carries for 56 yards. Um, so he obviously looked really good in, in with minimal carries. And then in the passing game, um, while you, like you mentioned, you know, Carlos Hyde got five targets. Duke Johnson got four. So, I mean, they're, they're starting to split the carries there. They're starting to split the workload, it seems like. Um, and, and that's not a good sign for Carlos Hyde, especially with, I mean, it looks like Kenny Stills may miss this game. Um, if they're down some receiving options, you know, Duke Johnson may be a guy who sneaks on the field a little bit more with his pass catching ability. Obviously, Carlos Hyde, they're using him in that role too. So I don't know that that cuts in too much, but I mean, Carlos Hyde out of five targets had four, four grabs for six yards, whereas Duke Johnson had two grabs for 22 yards. So you can tell he's more efficient when they get the ball in, in space. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how they use those guys moving forward in this one too. So, uh, you know, is that going to be going to work its way to more of a timeshare um, or is Carlos Hyde going to, uh, to put a stranglehold on the rest of those carries? So um, what about your red light in this one, John? Uh this is a Houston's tight ends, uh, Jordan Aikens and Darren Fells. Uh, Aikens and Fells are they're on they're each on the field sixty percent of the snaps, so they're on the field a lot. Um, but each player has only had one good week apiece. Like nobody's had, uh, not the same time, nothing in a string. Just each one of them had one good week out of the four games. Uh, now throwing the fact that the Falcons are pretty good against the tight end position, you should probably uh, you know find somewhere else to fill your tight end position this week. I don't think these either one of these guys are going to do it. Yeah, it's a tough matchup, man. I like Jordan Aikens a lot. I've I've been a truther of his for a little bit now, and uh, and I I think he's a talented player. He just doesn't get doesn't get a lot of usage in that that Houston passing attack, and and you could see why. I mean, they they've got some talented pass catchers there, and they've got other guys that just take priority. But um, I think Jordan Aikens, I, I almost see him as a poor man's Gerald Everett. You know, I mean, I just feel like if he got the attempts like Gerald Everett's starting to see now, and for the Rams. I feel like he would, you know, you'd start to see him and go, oh, this guy's actually pretty good. This guy, this guy can can make some plays. So, yeah, um, our, but he's at that two for one, you know, th- uh, two for 25, one for 17, two for 25, three mm-hmm. for 20. And then he had one three for 73 and a two touchdowns. So that was, you know, he's got one good week. You know, that's, uh, you got to string a couple together to, to, to put somebody, to expect someone to be on your fantasy roster every week, you know? Oh, absolutely. No, I agree with you. I, I, I feel like if, if he got the volume though, like you just said, I mean, 
two catches, three catches, one catch. I mean, he just doesn't get volume. Um, if he got the volume, if all of a sudden, you know, because Gerald Everett was a guy like that. He was very inconsistent. He didn't get the volume. Him and Tyler Higby were kind of splitting things for a couple years. And then all of a sudden, Gerald Everett this year, you're starting to see, you know, the Rams are starting to use him. And you're like, man, this guy's actually pretty good. Like, you know, for three years, this guy – couple years this guy didn't seem like he was going to do anything in this offense and now it seems like he's doing all right i think jordan uh akins can be that guy but it's going to be down the future so um i don't see it anytime soon he's not worth uh playing or anything so i agree with your red white here for sure um i i actually got a fun game next john like they actually gave me a fun one yeah (laughs) the the broncos are in uh, la to take on the la chargers Um, this one should be fun Uh, my green light is going to be austin eckler look Austin Eckler has been too good for them to just bench and just say, ah, you know, we'll put him out there 20% of the time. It's not going to happen. He's going to find his way on the field, whether it's as a receiver, whether it's in the backfield, it it doesn't matter. He's not going to just get outright replaced by Melvin Gordon coming in. He is going to be fantasy relevant. He's my green light because there's so many pass catchers that are banged up in this one. sounds like Mike Williams is banged up again. You know, he's got a back injury. Back injuries are really hard. I mean, even if he plays with a back injury, um, you never know how, how that's, you know, he could just be a decoy out there. Um, so, you know, you got to worry about that. And it, it to me, I think Austin Eckler is probably the next best receiver outside of Keenan Allen on this team. Right. Melvin Gordon, obviously coming back this week. And it sounds like he's going to, he's going to be involved, but it doesn't sound like he's going to get the, the full, the full workload yet. They're going to work him back slowly, which means Austin Eckler is still going to see some, some carries. I would say that Austin Eckler probably, probably sees anywhere from 12 to 14 touches in this game. That's what I'm thinking. And he's been good enough to make hay with those touches I think he also gets a touchdown. I'm I'm starting Austin Eckler, not too not too worried about it. Uh, John, what do you think? You thinking fifty fifty timeshare or still like 60-40, What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably more sixty forty. Um, like I said, I think Eckler probably gets about fourteen touches, and I think Melvin Gordon maybe gets ten. Um, so I could see it being something along those lines, or maybe maybe uh, Eckler gets sixteen and Gordon gets eleven, you know, or something like that. I could see it being like a 60-35 type thing. Um, and then when Melvin Gordon gets you know fully up to speed and he's you know fully healthy, I think they're going to have different ways to use Austin Eckler um, to keep him on the field. He's just too talented. He's proven how good he is when he's on the field you you know if you're if you're the chargers you have to find a way to get a playmaker like that on the field and i think they will i think they'll do a good job of that yeah i agree with you that's uh i I just kind of want to get your thoughts on how i know how many touches you thought eckler was going to get i wasn't sure how much work gordon was going to see but i um yeah you have to this guy's on fire you have to feed him the ball you have to you know you know, ease Gordon into it you don't want to get him hurt too i think they have plans to keep gordon you know i i don't know what he plans on doing but as far as the Broncos are concerned, they I mean, as far as the Chargers are concerned, they're gonna have Gordon next year too. They don't they're not worried about his beefs and his whatever. So they're gonna keep both these guys healthy. They're gonna, you know, try and do more of a 50-50 share or do whatever, but they're not trying to just throw Gordon in there and say, sorry, Austin, sit down for we got we already have our running back. They they got man, you don't teams don't don't get lucky like this where their backup running backs end up being like an Austin Eckler. So I they're uh they're in a great position. And I agree with you for this week. Uh, Austin Eckler is a great Great pick. 
Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think we're on board with that. We're, we're both uh, seeing eye to eye there. My yellow light here is Cortland Sutton. And look, Cortland Sutton's been good, man. He he really is. He's impressed me. He really has looked good. He's looked the party. Looks like an NFL number one wide receiver. Um, I, I like him a lot. I like his ceiling. This week, it's a tough matchup. Uh, the Chargers are 10th against, uh, against the pass and 11th against opposing wide receivers. Fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So, to me, I'm, I I think Cortland Sutton is, you know, you can start him because he's been so good. You kind of have to, but I proceed with caution. The Chargers are good against good against the pass. Um, they're a little bit worse against the run. So I would think if you're Denver, you probably want to use, give him a heavy dose of uh, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, um, and then, you know, work off a of play action with Flacco. So I think that's going to be the game plan for Denver as long as they can stay in this game. Um, so Cortland Sutton, I think it's going to put up some decent numbers, but I wouldn't expect the world from. Uh, what do you think, John? Yeah, the um, Manny Sanders show, the Philip Lindsay show. I it's uh, it's this that I don't expect it either. I, I think this is a good yellow light because I'm not really sure that Sutton is is where everybody thinks he's at right now. So yeah, this is a good yellow light. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so my red light is Mike Williams, and again, we I talked about him a little bit earlier. You know, he's suffering from a back injury, um, and I, I just don't know if he's going to play. If he does play, I'm staying away. I, I want nothing to do with it. I think he's more of a decoy, like a back injury to a wide receiver. That's that's something, you know, you you get hit, you know, or hard in the back or something. I mean, this could be, you know, you could you could really, really hurt a guy. So I, I just don't think he's going to be uh, very involved. I think this is a game where, it, like I said, if he does play, I think he's more of a decoy out there. Um, I, I almost expect him not to play because that back injury is just so bad. Um you know, when that tightens up, man, I mean, that's that's rough. So uh, if he does play, I want nothing to do with him. Um, I just don't see a big game for him here until that back heals up a little bit more. Uh, I'd like to see him get a week off here before he goes out there. Um, just because, like I said, with a back, I mean, that I think we all know back pain and back issues can really affect you. You know, just just our, our normal lives. Imagine when you're playing wide receiver, you know, so um, I don't want anything to do with him this week uh, due to that. What do you think, John? Yeah, he's a big kid. He's six four, you know, two hundred twenty pounds. He's, uh, you know, and he's. It's a reoccurring back injury. It's not like this is something that oh, it's this week I got a back injury. This is a problem. This this poor kid's been dealing with this for a couple of years now, and uh, I, he can go in one play and just hit spasm up again and, and 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 come off the field. And I mean, even if he does, they're going to try and take it. They're going to probably limit his snaps to begin with, and this lim- the limited snaps he has maybe enough to, you know, trigger something or, you know, he may have to test himself, take himself out, do some stretches. I, I, you know, I, yeah, I don't trust Mike Williams at all. As much as I love this guy, I don't trust him at all. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Mike Williams too. I really do. I I like him a lot, but this week I just don't want to, I don't want to have much to do with him. So I'm, I'm benching him where I have him um, for better options. So last game that we have, John, you're going to cover this one. This one should be a fun one. We got the Indianapolis Colts going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. There should be some fantasy points to be scored here, right? Who's your green light? Well, this is the Superflex Super Show. <laughs> so let's talk some Superflex. Uh, my green light is Jacoby Brissett, the quarterback from the Colts. Is, he's a definite start this week. The Chiefs' defense is uh, nothing special. And Brissett has been playing pretty well so far this year for a guy who got thrown in a fire as a starting quarterback. Um He's already got you almost 100 fantasy points on the year in the first four games. That's pretty good for a guy coming as backup. Um, Ten touchdowns, two picks. Uh, he's on track for another uh, respectable performance this week. Um, I'm uh, my green lights, Jacoby Brissett. What do you think? 
Love it. I love it. I do. I think uh, I think this is a nice matchup. They're probably game script means they're probably going to have to throw. Marlon Mack sounds like he might miss the game. Um, so that just means there's more passing going around. And if Naheem Hines comes in, he's a great pass catching back. I think they use him in that role. I think I think you could see a lot of pass attempts from Jacoby Brissett here if the game script goes the way we think. Uh, so who are your yellow lights here, John? Um, I yellow lights, <laughs> Sammy Watkins and T Y Hilton are both highly questionable, uh, this week. Um, they may not have the typical workload, even if they do return, uh, both of these guys, um, both of the teams have plenty of options in the passing game. So a light workload this week makes sense for both of these players if they do come back. Um, so they're my yellow lights for me because if they're not hundred percent, don't expect hundred percent production from their stats either. So that's, that's where I stand on these guys they are coming in banged up. Um, you know, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm totally with you on T.Y. Hilton. I think uh, he is banged up, and uh, like I said, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. But if T.Y. is not 100% and he's you know he's going to be the focal point of that defense to stop, um, it, it could be it could be kind of a rougher day for him than you would think. Sammy Watkins is interesting because Tyreek Hill is going to miss this game again. This could be the last chance he has to have a really really nice game. Once Tyreek Hill comes in, you know him and. Uh, and Travis Kelsey are going to take up a lot of the uh, a lot of the opportunity there. And with uh, when he's battling guys like McCole Hardman and uh, and Robinson um, to kind of get get playing time, Watkins uh, that is, um, it can be interesting to see how they're going to use those guys. He might not have the opportunity uh, much outside of this game. So you're right, he is banged up, but I think this might be one of his only opportunities to really shine for the rest of the year. So it'll be interesting. He hasn't done much outside of Week no. One, so. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're playing them, play them at your own risk. He's on uh, the he's on the field, but his his targets are going down, receptions are going down, his yardage is going down every week. He's, he hasn't yeah. had a touchdown since week one. So, uh, you know, and especially if he's having, you know, he's got a, you know, I, I, I saw something this week that he was he had some a little bit of small, uh, a little troubling injury, nothing nothing serious. So I just saw, kind of I thought I saw it in the waiver uh, the uh, the wire this afternoon or yesterday that he had some kind of little ailment, nothing crazy, nothing serious. So it's Sammy Watkins. Of course he does. Yeah. <laughs> it's story right. of this guy's career, unfortunately, but <laughs> all right. So let's go to your red light here, John, who's your red light in this game? Uh, it's a guy who I've been rooting for. Uh, Deion Kane from the Colts. Uh, oh, you would, man. You know, would yeah, kick him. a guy when he's down. I love man. him. Uh, all right, go ahead. I know he's been my sweetheart uh, since he came into league. And uh, now he's had a few opportunities to show off his skills in pretty good situations. And unfortunately he's uh, come up pretty much empty every time. Uh, if Hilton doesn't play this week, there's no guarantee that Kane will even produce for you. Uh, he's uh, he, he had the whole stage to himself last week and kind of crapped all over the field. So I'm a little sour on Kane right now because he's my guy, but uh, he's my red light this week and he will have me seeing red until uh, he's able to put up some, at least one decent performance. All right, ran over. Uh, no more uh, red light talk on Deion I know, because- I know, I know. <laughs> but I, 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 real quick, it, it is frustrating. Last week he had like five or six targets, and he didn't haul in one of them. It, it was no. just so. With with the game script, you thought Ty is going to miss the game. Man, Deion Kane, this is the week, and and he did that. Man, he laid that stinker. So I, sounds I, like me I'm and you are both. We're both the Kane cheerleaders. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So I'm with you there, but man, it's, I'm running out of time. You know, it's, he's running out of opportunities to prove me right here because, uh, man, it's it's been what two years now. I know last year he got hurt, you know, for the entire year, so we didn't get to see him. But man, if he if he can't do it with Ty out and he can't do it with this wide receiving core, and you know, even Paris Hill, uh, Paris uh, Campbell struggling to uh, to to see the field a lot of times. Um, you know, he, he's still, Deion Kane still hasn't been able to take advantage. So, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. This, this is a tough, uh, tough pill to swallow for me as well, John. So, um, I, I think we're, we're, uh, we're good to go here, John. Do you have anything else to, uh, to weave our uh, listeners with before we sign off? No, I'm looking forward to a good bears Raiders game this week, uh, as, as a oh. Dolphins fan first and a bears game, a bears fan second. I, uh, I, I kind of want to see the, I'm not, a, I don't like the Raiders at all. So I, I hope the, I hope the bears go in there and stick it to them. So that's my, I, I'm looking to sit back, have a couple beers, watch the bears destroy the Raiders this week. That's my, make my weekend. I tell you what, my, my weekend's going to be fun. I get to sit back and watch some football, but Monday night when I get to see my Browns knock off the Niners and take them off that undefeated pedestal, which yeah. I mean, come on, that's, that's a weak undefeated team in my opinion, but if they can do that, if they can do that and first place is uh, it's still theirs for the, you know, they, they can still sit on top of the AFC North looking down at the rest of the division, man, that'll, that'll make, uh, that'll make my Monday a whole lot better. I can tell you that much. So, um, all right. So let's, let's go ahead and get out of here, John. Thank you guys. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or at the dynasty league on the DLF family of podcasts. Be sure to subscribe there so you can get all the great podcasts that DLF have to offer. And until next time, John, stay sexy and super flexy. <laughs> <laughs>